Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mindy the Podcast. We are so excited because this week we had the opportunity to interview Amy Leah, who wrote Woke Up Like This, which is the next pick off of Mindy's book studio. Um, We had so much fun reading this book and enjoyed getting the opportunity to talk about it with Amy herself. So we hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited. We absolutely loved your book, oh, just so I you know. It. I have <laughs> a lot of questions, so get ready for it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. We'll start out with like, how are you doing today? Like, how has your just your day been? It's been good. It's been, uh, it's really nice weather here. We're now into fall. I'm in Canada, so it's, uh, it's like kind of crisp in the morning. It's nice. Yeah. How about you guys? Oh, spicy, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it's been a great day. It's been really yeah, chill. <laughs> we're somewhat prepping for maybe a hurricane that's supposed to oh, somewhat yeah. come to the East Coast, but we'll see what happens. I, I was actually just in Cape Cod last week, and they were saying there was going to be um, Hurricane Lee was going to come through, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, they're just preparing us for a lot of rain and uh, wind. Okay, okay. So. Where are you guys located? We're in Philadelphia. So if you're ever in Philly, feel free to come hang with us. <laughs> I would love to go there. I was going to say, we can tell you all the good places to eat because there's a lot of good food. I've heard. I've heard. Uh, but I guess first, just say congrats. You recently became a mom. Thanks. Like, so exciting. Yes. Yes. I'm very sleep deprived. <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say, how are you adjusting to like the newborn baby lifestyle? It's, oh my gosh. It's like, it's night and day from my normal life. I don't know what I used to do with my time, honestly. Yes. I say that all the time. Like, what would I do all weekend? Yeah, yeah. Just like, I don't know, just watching Miss Rachel and and just. (laughs) Miss Rachel's the best. I I work with kids, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's honestly, it's it's very hard, but worth it for sure. It's it's cliche, but it's true. Thank you. Well, I got to say, as a huge dog lover myself, I heard you have two riding buddies, Albus and Boris. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, they are both golden doodles. One of them is, um, Albus is eight, and so he's a little bit grumpy. He's the smaller one. He's a mini size. And then we got um, Boris last last summer, I think it was. So he's okay. he's young. He's one years old. He's a standard size. He's big. So he's very, very just, you know, excited, full of life. Just always Aww. galloping around the house. He's he's fun. So, are they helpful to the writing process or a hindrance? Um, I think you know they used they're very like supportive like emotionally. I feel they like to just hang out in my office and just kind of stare at me. So I feel like they're I feel like they help and they offer a lot of inspiration sometimes for for animals i was gonna say i did see that he like the your one dog was in set on you like he had a little cameo so he did did. (laughs) i guess that is helpful right exactly inspiration Yep. I gotta say, I was completely caught off guard. We were doing a little background snoop on you and you work for the Canadian government. I do. (laughs) I do. I mean, I'm, I'm on maternity leave right now, but that's, that's like my normal daytime job. So I'm an analyst with, with the government. So it's, it's a very separate life. We give you such props because like, we try to just do this like as a side gig and we know this is a lot of work, but like writing actual books and multiple (laughs) books is like way harder. (laughs) So, and on top of your day to day. So we were just like, very curious of how you were able to start like the writing process being in that kind of world and trying to switch over a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll start sort of way back. I, I started writing when I was really, really young. I was always doing writing kind of on the side, like after school, I would sit at my desktop computer and, and write little stories that were usually like kind of plagiarized from things I was already reading. Like 
like the princess diaries and just things like that i would just sort of you know take inspiration and write my own stories um insert people i knew within the stories and um, so it was always something i did on the side it kind of fell to the wayside um when i started like getting into high school and getting more serious about academia and then you know going to college university um I sort of stopped writing because, you know, you're like reading textbooks and studying. So you Absolutely. just, it, the last thing you want to do is actually write and read other things. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my inspiration kind of came back when I started the job with the government because I was commuting a lot and I was like, oh, I feel like I need something else going on aside from just like you know going to work coming home watching tv because that's that was just kind of my routine like i didn't i didn't have hobbies at the time aside from just watching tv so i was like i need to pick reading back up because reading is something i love to do and then whenever i read i'm always inspired to write and so um i i guess it was sort of just when i was homesick one day i decided just to start writing again randomly and it kind of took over my life. So I think for a while, I didn't really have much of a balance. I was really like racing to come home to, so that I could just write all night and all weekend. And um, my husband kind of said, you know, like we haven't really hung out in the past couple of weekends because you're so obsessed with writing. What's going on? Can we, you know, figure out a routine? And so eventually I sort of came to like, this the set schedule of writing and it's not it's not to say that I, I write exactly from these times to these times when I was working is just a loose schedule so that I could still kind of have a social life and still have a personal Absolutely. life uh, but it was a struggle like it's it's you can't really do 100% at both you know one one is always kind of I guess not failing but falling behind a little bit um because it is a lot to balance so i'm finding it honestly harder being on mat leave even though i'm at home just because it's so much more involved but um yeah the the balance is definitely something that's been a challenge for sure that's totally totally understandable I want to dive into Woke Up Like This. Like I said, we absolutely loved it. And I kind of want to highlight a little bit of what Mindy said too about the book and saying that um, she's never been able to resist a coming-of-age story. That's how I fell in love with Woke Up Like This, a charming romantic comedy about Charlotte Wu, an overachieving, goal-obsessed high school senior who finds herself in a very strange predicament. Um, Like Never Have I Ever and the classic movie 13 Going on 30, Amy Leah's novel reminded me that the exciting and complicated feelings we have as teenagers never truly go away. And I just thought this was such a wonderful introduction to your book. And I wanted to know what you thought about the forward and how it, do you think it fully captures or at least captures some of the essence of Woke Up Like This? Oh, for sure. I think it's it kind of just says exactly what I was sort of trying to get at with the book, which is that, you know, even though I'm now 32 going on 33 <laughs> and it's, but I still always think about that time in my life. And there's so many just feelings, big feelings that you have when you're a teenager that still, I don't know, they just still come up later on in your life. You want know, whether it's friends or whether it's a relationship with your parents, just things like that, that are just everlasting themes that, um, Absolutely. Yeah, they're just, I think it, it just fully encapsulates what I was trying to do, which is just to evoke those nostalgic feelings of being a teenager. And I, and 
And I also wanted to talk to you about that too, because you've been writing a lot for adult rom-coms. So how was that switch going into more of that young adult audience and, you know, trying to capture that? Because it's such a different type of love story, but it's still, I think, universal in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. I think like there is a big difference for sure with, with adult versus YA, because I think like with, with adults, it's sort of, I don't know, maybe other people approach it differently, but I think for me, it's like with adults, there's not as much pressure to like have any sort of message or have any sort of moral sort of, you know, theme going on. And so I just kind of write whatever, like it's fun. There's also the steam aspect, which is different. And, you know, with adults too, like they don't have a set structure in their life necessarily because every adult has a different routine, different job. Um, whereas with teens, it's like they go to school, they have parents, they have rules. They can't just be wherever at any point, you know, they're not necessarily, um, they don't really have jobs unless it's like a a part-time job. And sure. But I think that the biggest thing for me is the, um, just the fact that teenagers have such big emotions and there are certain things about a teenager's life that are kind of heightened, right? Like your friends are the most important thing at that time. So what people think about you and your reputation and, you know, whether this friend has texted you back, whether you got invited to this party, that's like, like your world at that time. And so they're just so angsty. And I remember just so vividly being that age and having all of those feelings all the time. And I just really wanted to, to capture that in the character, which I think with adult characters, they tend to be a little bit more self-assured. They know more of who they are. They're not necessarily exploring um, their identity as much as, as a young adult character. Absolutely. You know, before I got into my next question, I just want to say, like, I love the book. I know I said it multiple times, but I like to go into our books kind of blind without, like, really knowing much. So I was, like, so invested in just to lead up to prom before, like, we went, like, into. I was just so invested. And I was just like, yeah, I'm in for this because we were counting down the days until prom. I was like, this is going to be amazing. So I just want to say I was already on board even without going to the future. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know prom, prom is, like, again, one of those things that feels like the biggest deal. It's, like, the number one event, even, like, from the beginning of high school. You know that that senior prom is going to be at the end of 12th grade and, and you're waiting for that you're wondering who's your date gonna be like even well i was at least in ninth grade yeah. what was i gonna wear it's, it's just it feels huge absolutely but i guess i want to know what was it like getting the i guess the quote-unquote call from mindy saying like if you want to be you want to be a part of her uh book studio so i never unfortunately didn't get a call from mindy herself i'm i would have died <laughs> i think I, I, would, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be here with you talking right now yeah. <laughs> um, But basically what happened was I went on submission with this book, which is when my agent takes the book out and and sends it to different editors at different publishing houses. And um, she, she told me she was sending it to Amazon. And at the time I knew that Mindy had an imprint or that she had started one, but I don't believe that she had announced any of the books yet. She hadn't announced Sonali's book or, or anything like that. And, um, so it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't think anything of it. Like I didn't connect the two. And then when my agent emailed to say that, oh, there's an editor at Amazon who, 
you know, read it over the weekend. She really, really liked it. Um, and she's going to talk to her team. So that's all I knew at that point. And the only time that I found out that it was going to be under Mindy's book studio and that they had, you know, their, their team had read it and really enjoyed it was when the offer actually came in. So at that point I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Mindy Kaley, are you serious? Because I had been <laughs> such a huge fan of her for, for years, even before that. And I remember even like when I saw the announcement for that imprint, I was like, oh my gosh, whoever gets to be under her imprint is going to be so lucky. This is such a cool, you know, endeavor. And anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I was freaking out. Well, going off of that, so I know that she shared in a recent interview that one of the reasons she was most excited to launch her imprint with Amazon Publishing was the idea that these powerful and entertaining stories could find a second life on screen. Yes. So I also wanted to know what it felt like to get that, you know, that call that your book had been optioned by Amazon Studios. Yeah, like, that's amazing, too. I, I feel like that's, like, an every author's dream. Like, I, I had always thought about that, and I was always like, oh, it'll never happen, you know, just because I'm just like that. Like I never think <laughs> with the glass half full, but um, yeah, it's when I, when I got that email, I was just like floored and, and just so excited because I think I'm, I'm kind of like a visual person when I write as well. I'm usually thinking of it visually happening like a film, you know, imagining individuals like actors or, you know, whoever in those roles. And so it was, easy for me to conceive of. Um, and even when I had sent the original pitch to my agent and said, like, what do you think about this? Do you think it's worth writing? She said, like, hmm, I don't know. It kind of sounds like a film as opposed to a book. Yeah. Like, convince me that this could be a book. So um, I think from the get-go, I sort of knew that it it felt film-ish. And so to hear Absolutely. that it, it was going to be optioned was, was super exciting because I'm just I can't wait to see how, how it will turn out. I know. I'm really excited too. And I hope that like, I know it depends on all the studios, but I hope that you're a part of the adaptions too, so that it can really stay true to the original story, because I think that's really important, especially when you do adaptions from book to film. For sure. For sure. And that's the thing. It's, it's, you never know how that's going to turn out because I feel like some adaptions are very, very close to the original material and then others are, are totally different. And I think it kind of depends on on what the material is too, because some things just are better in, I guess they can't be exactly the same on screen as they are on the book, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's exciting. So exciting. I have to ask just because we're on this movie rant, but uh, do you have any ideas of like, obviously if you had any say, for Nori, just because I feel like that's a really exciting character to pick someone for. That was his favorite character. He's not stopped talking about Nori the entire time. <laughs> she, yeah, she's super, super fun. I, I actually don't know. I'm not sure. I, I was thinking, um, there is. Oh, I'm, I'm really blanking on the on the name of this movie. Joyride. No. Oh yeah, just it's, came yes, out. Yes, yes, that's what it's called, right? About the the girls yeah. who go to China. Yeah. Korea. Um, there was one character in that that was just kind of like fun, but she's, I think maybe a little bit older for, for playing a high schooler. So she wouldn't really fit, but she had like the vibe. Like, I, I don't remember what her name was though. Cause I just, I don't know anybody's name anymore. <laughs> well, like maybe she could be future Nori, maybe. right? Like yes. we have to have both casting. True, true. So that is totally true. That's true. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about, so we also had the opportunity to talk to uh, Lauren Thoman as yes. well. Oh, she's and amazing. I, I, 
Yes, I we, we loved her too. And she's great. Um, I just I thought there were so cool the similarities in terms of like the idea of free will and you know is there really fate and you know is is things predetermined and so I thought you both had that in common but your perspectives were so different because you know yours is going into the future from the present and hers was going from the present to the past okay. and I would love to kind of talk to you a little bit about you know if you had that opportunity I know it really changed Shar's perspective, right? Like she originally was like, oh no, we got to change this. Like we can't be doing this. I'm not, I'm not sticking with this. But then like she had this moment of then like, oh, actually I appreciate this. Like, yeah. oh, I do like how this future turns out for me. Um, and so it kind of made me wonder, like, I know that's how Shar's perspective had changed in the book, but like, what is your perspective? Like if you had this opportunity, oh, man. do you think that we should mess with like- With time travel? <laughs> honestly time travel really scares me (laughs) I think like I always think scientifically about it not that I'm scientific but you know just like this idea that if if you go into the future or into the past whatever whichever one and you change something could literally everything change it's like you know that butter you know the movie the butterfly effect this it's really old with Ashton Kutcher that one used to like I think it traumatized me because there's just so many things that could you literally change one little thing that then everything changes and so I honestly think I would be too scared <laughs> to, to screw with things and I don't know if you've seen the movie about time with Rachel McAdams yeah. so that one I, there's a part where um he goes because he has this ability to go back in time whenever except he can't do it I guess before a child is born or something like that because then if he changes something before his kid is born it could be a different child or Mm. there's some sort of rule about that and so there's just yeah things like that that would really freak me out and I don't think that I would want to alter anything that I currently have or if I found out something from my future would I change ultimately change course to have that you know yeah I just, I thought it was very interesting, especially because it's such a powerful form of storytelling, right? Because it really gives you perspective. It makes you think of things maybe in a different way than you might've before. So I really, I appreciated it. And I thought it was really wonderful to kind of think about what it could be like in the future. And it also made me wonder how difficult it had to be for you to think of what the future would look like and like trying to paint a picture of that, right? Because at least with the past, you can kind of like have some historical context, but like the future, we just have no idea. Yeah, yeah, no. And and that was the thing too. I didn't want to like get into sci-fi. I didn't want to get into technology. Like that just wasn't the genre. And it's not like my genre. So I tried to make it like very similar just with, you know, like additional technology in terms of like their car is really fancy and cool and like it self-drives. And I was like, that's pretty realistic. I feel like we would have that, you know, 12, 13 years into the future, but I didn't want to get too intense with it. Um, But what something I was actually thinking though, kind of going back to the film thing was, I thought it would be interesting, like if it, if it ever were to be adapted, to make it so that the present day is like early 2000s, and then they could go into like yeah. the current time. Just because with 13 going on 30, the movie, they are. I think that movie came out in like 2004. So it would just be interesting, like to go back to yeah. the time that that one actually came out. It would just be cool. No, it would be really interesting. And I I feel like that would definitely change the pop culture references, though, too, because so much has changed in terms of pop culture. And I know in other interviews, you've talked about that a little bit and how that can be a preference for some people, whether or not they want to include pop culture. I'm for it. I'm all for it because I think it's just so 
it's almost like a time capsule in a way too of like it reminds you of that nostalgia of like being in that moment and like exactly I know I I, I really love that and I'm such a pop like we're such pop culture nerds that we're like oh yeah uh-huh uh-huh and it makes it feel more relatable to yes us, if that makes yes sense. no I, I completely agree and I think it, it all honestly it depends on the genre too like if you're looking to write you know, a very literary, timeless type of classic, then like, yeah, I see maybe why you're not going to put TikTok references and stuff like that. Because yes. you know, they, they will become obsolete. But at the same time, if you're writing something that's commercial, that's, that's you know, current, it's, it's really hard to stay away from pop culture references or technology references, because now today, like our life revolves around those things. And so how do you keep those out without being like not authentic to how people live their lives, especially teens, right? Like teens are all about pop culture. They're all about technology. And if you take that away, it's just not really representative of of them today. Well, and I will say too, I really felt like throughout reading it, I'm like, I can totally see why this is like a Mindy Pick book. Like I, I could totally feel it just because of all the themes that it had, you know, talking about those female friendships, talking about how opposites attract, being type A, because I feel like I always love when there's representation for us yes. type A perfectionists, okay? <laughs> I love it. Um, and then also, I really loved the idea of how Char learns, and I love this quote from Mindy, that there's more to life than achievements for achievement's sake. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so hard with type A's. Like, we're just like, no, like, we need to keep going. And it's like, no, take a minute. Yes. Embrace. Yes. And that that's honestly kind of the, the main reason that I wanted to write the book, just because I feel like, like you say, I've, I've always been really type A as well in, you know, even as young as middle school, even younger than that, I was always about goals, right? Like I wanted to get an A on this test. I want to be on the honor roll at the end of the year. I want this and that done, like checklists of, of just goals. And I've always been that way. And I think it's carried me through life in the sense that it's been good because I was always, you know, motivated for things. Yes. But at the same time, you know, once I was 30 around the time that I had this idea, I'm like, okay, so I've got like my, my car, I've got a house, I've got my job, I've got, you know, all of these boxes ticked, but like at what cost? Because they've, you know, maintaining these goals has been really stressful. And I'm always, you know, really stressed about milestones and have looking back, do I think that I've actually fully taken the time to enjoy all of these stages of life and actually getting there and the journey as cheesy as it sounds. And I think back to my, to my senior year. And again, it was all about getting into university and planning the perfect prom. And I, I guess I was, I was very similar to Char and I think there there was a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess sacrifice of the moment for sure. And so you, you completely touched on it that that's, that's, that's the message basically. Yeah. I noticed that you mentioned earlier, it seems like you and Renner have the same amount of movies to kind of prepare yourselves for the future. So did you watch like a lot of time travel movies to kind of prepare you for like how you were going to do your book? Yeah, well, I didn't actually set out to watch them specifically. I just already watched them because I watched a lot of things, as you can probably guess. So like all of the ones that he references within the book are all things that I, I watch and that I really like. And um, yeah, so I think it was just natural things, but I did do some research just because just the logistics of time travel, I wasn't exactly certain about. So I I definitely researched and Googled and read a little bit. I did watch a documentary as well on Netflix. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, and then just something I thought was really important too, because especially as like young girls are like, you know, coming up and times have changed. And I love this quote. I will quote a lot of your book because I just <laughs> I have to keep highlighting. I don't even just... remember half of this stuff. <laughs> no, but I like I love to like when I read, I'm like highlighting, I'm like, oh, I loved this. I loved this. Um, and one of them was this idea of why is success measured by relationship status? And I, I loved this so much. And it's like you didn't even ask me where I'd be in my thriving career. And I I think this is such an important message. And I, I don't know if this was part of also what you were thinking when you were doing like the young adult world is like wanting to have that be something that's really core in this, because I think it's a really special thing to talk about and something that's so important for, you know, anyone who's reading this, um, regardless of your gender to like understand that like relationship doesn't have to be the main goal. Yeah. Like you can complete yourself. And not only is like, I know Char is very like, forward and like that's how she's always been but I did love the character development of is it Cassie or Casey I know Cassie, Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. at least I will say yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I love her character development and how she went from being someone who was like always had to have somebody to being like no like I realized I don't need someone to complete me and so yeah. I just wanted to talk a little bit about that oh yeah no that's a that's a really good point it's it's always interesting to me because I think when I guess because I so I grew up in the 90s. I'm not sure how old you guys are, but um, I remember <laughs> whenever like I would see stars like like Britney Spears or, or just like young um, celebrities at that time getting interviewed, it was always like, oh, do you have a boyfriend yet? And just like weirdly invasive questions just about relationship status. And it's like people, for whatever reason, hold women to those types of timelines. And even, you know, when I was late 20s, a lot of my friends we're still single and constantly getting asked by family, you know, when are you going to get a boyfriend? That's like the first question. Mm -hmm. And then when it's, when, when they have the boyfriend, Oh, when are you guys going to get engaged? And it's like, you never asked me about anything else going on in my life, except for relationship status. Whereas with guys, I don't, I think there's still pressure for sure with relationships, especially from like moms and stuff, but it's not to, to that same extent, because I think that people, would never look at a man necessarily and and think that they're unfulfilled or unsuccessful if they're single, even even well into their thirties, forties, whatever it may be. Um, so that was definitely something that I, I wanted to capture. And I think there are a lot of people that are driven, whether it's by career or by relationships, and and that's fine. But um, I wanted to show character like like Cassie, who we all know there's always one person in our group who's very obsessed with a relationship and that's all they care about. And I think that it, it was something that I wanted to show that some people can outgrow that, you know, they don't always have to yes. be, I guess, seeing their identity as part of somebody else and, and that eventually you can come out of that and, and come into your own. And that was something that I really wanted for her. Uh, if you don't mind, can I take the time to air one grievance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Char's new outlook on life and the idea that as adults, we're still figuring things out. But Char's dad still got off way too easy. Oh. <laughs> I, I think he got off way too easy. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, guys, still got off way too easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think like when you when you read you know, all of the things that he actually did, which I think, it, you know, we, we say he didn't really show up to any of her events, any of her, her school things, um, kind of stopped calling really aside from just asking, you know, oh, well, how are you doing in school? And that sort of it. It, yeah, it, it's definitely really, really sad. And I think that, I think 
what I was trying to do, I guess, with their final conversation is, is show that there, there is a path forward for them. She may not, you know, be completely great with him now, but hopefully they will get there just because after she sees that, you know, he may not always be around, let's, let's make the effort to try to mend fences and, and try not to hold those grudges, I guess, is what, what I was trying to get at. Well, and then there's this also like, at least she tried at the end of the day, right? Like if, she, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't. But, you know, after seeing her future, she at least wants to put the effort in, which I think is also true, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Um, exactly. And if he, he doesn't return it, then, you know. <laughs> exactly. I do also love um, this idea of when she's having this like retrospective and realizing about setting boundaries. Another quote I really loved was, you can't be the sun to all people without eventually burning out. And I thought this was such a wonderful lesson for Charlotte to learn just because even like as adults, I feel like we still have friendship things. We still are like working those things out and um, trying to figure out our own boundaries and all different relationships that we have. And so I really loved that she kind of started to gain that perspective by seeing what her future looks like too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's so true. I think as, and that goes for, like you said, all aspects of life, whether that's, you know, whether you're in school or whether it's with your family, if they're overbearing or not, or your personal life and, and friendships. And um, especially when you become parent too, it's like, you're so busy with your kids. How do you set time for yourself? Like there's, there's just, that thing that's just a lesson that carries you through into life. And for her, it's, it's, yeah, I think her biggest boundary for me was really making sure that she understood that some people may be pushing those boundaries and maybe aren't treating her exactly how she should be treated as a friend or valuing her in in that way and um that was an important lesson that i, I really wanted to put forward and, and also with renner as well because he is yeah. i think he really really struggles to i guess have people like him and make sure that other people are comfortable and that's his whole thing right because he has that complex yeah. and he just really wants other people to be happy and he is definitely somebody that has to realize that it's it, you can't live that way all of the time because he i guess he, because i think he would just it would just use so much energy i think to just always be this this exuberant happy person when you don't always feel that way well, and there's such a misunderstanding between those two characters for so long. They both think they know each other so well, and they really don't. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the other thing, too, is you can think you know someone so well and have to walk a mile in their shoes to really understand that there's actually more at stake there than they might understand. Yeah, exactly. They they, they don't know a lot about each other's personal lives in that way and in family life. And so that's, yeah. that's definitely something that they have to, to figure out in order to, I guess, go forward with each other's um or w with their relationship i just want to compliment you on your writing again just because <laughs> as i'm moving through the book i feel like i am char and when we got to the sleepover i was ready to blow up at cassie <laughs> like i was i was like we just made these plans <laughs> this morning and then you're gonna act like nothing happened so i was like i know everyone said like oh you could have did it a different way i was like no that needed to be done <laughs> that way <laughs> no, for sure. And I think that that's exactly an example of, of her boundaries just being pushed, right? Like it's, yes, she maybe didn't have to blow up at her in that moment. But at the same time, like, I think what I was trying to get at was this is something that's ongoing with them. She constantly does this to her. She's always, you know, I, I backing out of plans last minute or, or ditching her for her boyfriend or, or just putting her at, on the back burner, even when Char always puts her first, like she is her best friend. 
and Shar yeah. is not necessarily Cassie's best friend. And I think that imbalance is really difficult, especially when you're a teen. It's, it's hard when you're an adult, if you're not prioritized by yeah. your friend. Um, so yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it was just her breaking point. I do want to ask too, because I saw for your first book set on you that you did like a little book club kit, which I oh, thought yeah. was so cool. And I was wondering, would you do something similar to that for like woke up like this? And if you like, you don't have time, like we'll do it because we <laughs> love that idea. <laughs> like that was so cool. So yeah, the book club kit was actually made by um, my publisher. So I think I helped make it. I think I made, I made the quiz, like the which character are you? And I helped okay. develop the questions. They put it all together in a really nice package. But that is something that I was thinking, like maybe I should do like a little reader's guide with some questions. And I think that would be so fun. And the playlist too. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. like now I can really get into the mode of this book. Yes, I, especially with all the TikTok. I know, I know. The playlist was actually something that I was I was thinking about. But then I was like, oh, but there's just so much to choose from. Do I choose like like '80s, '90s, or 2000s kind of songs, or do I? I choose very current ones or a mix. Like, what do I do? There's just you could go many different ways. I feel, but if you have input and suggestions, let me know. <laughs> Definitely. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> because we are Mindy the podcast, yeah. and we know we really support Mindy. We wanted um, to ask you what your favorite Mindy project has been. Oh my gosh. Oh, that one. <laughs> that one is such a hard question. I think. So this is not the favorite, but I will say this is where I began to. I guess this is where I first discovered her was in. Um, what's it called? No Strings Attached Yes. with Ashton Kutcher, Natalie Portman, like that 2011 rom-com. I, I had never actually seen Mindy. I didn't have to watch The Office at that time. And I, so I think The Office had come up before that. And um, yes. I saw she was you know, that like quirky friend main character. And I was like, oh my God, this girl like is so funny. Why doesn't she have her own like why isn't she the star basically? Because she has more charisma than both of these leads. Um, and that's that's where I first discovered her. But then I, you know, just moved on with my life. And then I saw that um, I, I think my one of my friends was like, "Why don't you watch The Office? Like everybody watches The Office. You're literally the only person in the world that doesn't." Yeah. And so I started watching it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this show is hilarious!" It's like super inappropriate, but just is yeah. funny at that time. And I realized. Yeah. that all of my favorite episodes were written by her and Mm -hmm. like the script was written by her and I was like oh my gosh this girl is hilarious and then my friend said she has her own show right did you know that and um so it was the Mindy project and I binged that and so I think by the time I discovered it it was almost done like it it was almost through all of its seasons so I binge watched like the whole thing and it was became like my show that I watched while I was cleaning and just you know my comfort show because yes. I think it's like that the, the opening scene in, in the first episode where she talks about being like an East Indian girl growing up, you know, not popular. And she just found comfort like in rom-coms. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was me, except Asian. <laughs> and, yes. and so I just really connected with her as a character. I loved, I loved the show. I loved the fashion. And it was just yes. so cool to me to see her as a main character finally you know like because it's so rare i mean i think at that time even still rare to see characters of color as the front and center main character without it being about their ethnicity or you know what i mean like they're just living their life as as anybody does and um so i think like because of the just the it has a special place in my heart that show but i also just really love never have i ever like that yeah. yeah, it's just so cute, 
so fun, so like high quality, just the production, the, the clothes, the characters, the acting, and the, the comedy of it is just so like pitch perfect to me. I, it's, yeah. it's a very close tie between the two. I will say we did have the opportunity to talk to Sal- Salvador Perez, who does the costumes for those oh, shows. And yeah. we were like, we were fangirling. We're like, oh my God, let's talk about all the things. Did he, this, the both shows? Yes, he did for the first season for um, Never Have Ever and then all the seasons for the Mindy oh Project. Oh my God, iconic. Yeah, we were like, we need all the details. Yeah, like, seriously, because her photos were the best in the Mindy Project, like oh, the best. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I was like, They're so. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, we need to see all of these clothes. Like, I want a fashion line. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> we need we need the Mindy fashion line. Mm-hmm. I've been pitching it for yes, a while yes, now. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, have you ever seen the Sex Lives of College Girls at all? Yes, yes. Okay, I, we just wanted okay. to make sure. <laughs> this is a this is a great question for us because everyone gives their mixed reviews. We ask everybody. I know some people feel they're Kimberly. Where would you put yourself uh, in the four and out of the four? Who would you say you are? Oh gosh, I really love Kimberly, but I don't feel that I'm. I, I'm I'm from a small town as well, but I don't know that I'm like as aloof as she is. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she she yeah she she means well. We allow half and half if you want. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's That's hard. Okay. I need like a personality quiz or something. I feel, but maybe maybe the um oh I don't remember. The name is blanking me again. The blonde one. I, I feel like I'm very like yes, yes. Uh, yeah. She's my favorite, so <laughs> I I get that. <laughs> I'm a Bella person myself. Yes, she she's. I think she's my favorite character. I wish I wish to be her, but I'm not. <laughs> I think she make a great Nori. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she she would. Oh, that's a great point. She's perfect. She has We're happy like, to help with casting. Yes, too. yes. I will take all of your suggestions. And for Brenner too, because I don't know who who he would be. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. That's really hard now too, because I feel like um like I don't know, with all of the guy characters right mm-hmm. now, the actors, I feel like there's so many different types of looks you could go oh, for. Oh yeah, right and it, it would be wide open. Like I, I'm I'm good for anyone. I think as long as they have like that that really sunshiny, charismatic yeah. just essence yeah renner i was looking at maybe a young zach efron <laughs> retrospective yeah, so, sorry i i've been thinking about it. so that's why i said i've been thinking about every renner a young zach efron oh yeah i could totally see that he was like one of my first huge celebrity crushes i had a pillow with his face on it like literally <laughs> we've just like i said we had so much fun reading this book i actually was texting him i was like so i can't put this down <laughs> I need to go to work tomorrow, but I might stay up an extra hour. Like I need to finish this chapter. Oh, that makes me so happy that that's the goal. And that that's, I think, one of the biggest compliments that, that you can give writers. So I appreciate it. Thank you both. No, we really did. We enjoyed it. And like I said, just the themes we felt, you know, again, we're so universal, even though mm-hmm. we know it's for like kind of more of the young like um, audience. We yeah. It felt very universal. And um and just even like reading the end with reading Shar's letter to herself, like that just was like such a beautiful like ending to the story. I felt, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say I love the ending to letter just because it reminded me of like I guess like the two thousand movies where like towards the end they have a little off monologue. I was like, oh, this yeah. would be great like this. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like just kind of that like yeah, <laughs> in exactly that tone. Kind of like the Breakfast Club. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, I think so. I had made a reel for for it, and I constantly want to do the Breakfast Club song, like the hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> for, yes. I'm like, will people get it? I don't know. <laughs> 
no, I think that's perfect. <laughs> it's just it's just that vibe. I just love it. <laughs> we really appreciate your time here and thank you so so very much. Thank you. I, I love chatting with you guys. <laughs>